Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to episode number 227 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, I'm super excited to be connecting with you in your earbuds again this week. And I have noticed a spike in some of the downloads for the podcast. So I just want to welcome all of the new listeners. If we haven't connected on Instagram, that's my favorite way to connect with my listeners. So just head over there, send me a DM. I'm super active. I'm Veronica E. Grant. And I encourage you to take it back into the archives and listen to any previous episodes episodes whose titles resonate with you. You can also go to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you scroll to the bottom, you'll be able to search all the episodes for a topic or question that's most relevant for you. And then you'll get a little playlist of episodes to listen to. And if you've been listening to the show for a while and it's helped you in big and small ways, I would be so grateful if you took a moment to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, especially, or really wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help me to grow the show and it's the best way to support the show and me. And I just can't appreciate it enough. So thank you. Thank you. Okay, I'm really excited about today's topic. And I know this is me sounding like a broken record because I'm always excited about topics on the show. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't do an episode about it. But this is a topic that comes up a lot, especially with new or prospective clients. They really want to know, Veronica, are my expectations too high? Because if they are, just tell me. Just tell me my expectations are too high. I will lower them. And they think that might be the thing that can get them into a relationship. 
And a couple weeks on the show, I had Kimberly on the show. Hopefully you all remember her. It was a really, really great episode on dating as a feminist. And we talked about the intersection of sex and sexuality and patriarchy and relationships and feminism and how that all plays together. And I think this is another example of the intersection of the patriarchy of white supremacy and all of those things and how it plays out in our dating and relationship space. Because I can't tell you how many women I've worked with that are wondering, are my expectations too high? And I think a lot of that questioning, it actually does come from other females telling them, oh, maybe you need to lower your expectations. Maybe you're intimidating him. And we'll talk about that towards the end of the episode today. But I also think that part of what the patriarchy does is it keeps things emotionally safe for particularly white males, right? They don't have to justify their behavior or their actions. And once someone starts saying, hey, like, why did you do that? Or hey, that is wrong. Or hey, there needs to be accountability. That's when the whole patriarchal system and the hierarchy begins to fall apart. And I think that having women believe that their expectations are too high is one unconscious way that everything quote unquote stays in line. Because if you think your expectations are too high, you're much less likely to request accountability or request boundaries and whatnot from your partner. So I think this is a really good example of how really and truly the political and the political landscape really truly is personal. And it shows up in our relationships, it shows up in the bedroom. And so I really hope you enjoy this episode. It's a really, really common question. I hope you find it interesting and helpful. And I'm going to go through five ways that in fact, maybe your expectations are too high. And then five ways that your expectations are definitely not too high. And then I'm going to wrap up the episode, just a little bit of a conclusion. And also I'm going to give you a quick exercise that you can use. And it'll be a really good I don't know, filter slash compass that will help you determine while you're actually dating, hold on a second, are my expectations too high right now or not? So I really encourage you to bust out your Google Keep app, your notes app on your phone or your journal, and just write down these points because I think they might want to be points that you come back to because sometimes you will be in a relationship or a situation and you will be, oh God, is this too much? Am I expecting too much or not? And sometimes it can be really hard to distinguish that in the moment because there's emotions and there's triggers and there's all these other things that are wrapped up that are making it harder for you to see with clarity. So I definitely encourage you to write this list down or at least, you know, just the big bullet points down just so you can have it handy. So by no means is this list of where your expectations might be too high inclusive. Same with the list of where your expectations are definitely not too high. Um, This is not an inclusive list. This just really encompasses a lot of the themes and situations that I've seen among women in this community, particularly among my clients, just because I know their lives and their situationships so well. So again, hope you enjoy this episode. I would love to hear your thoughts, your opinions, what comes up for you, questions you have over on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant. And if you are not on Instagram, then you can reach out to me via email. Just head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash contact. And you can send me a message there. Just know that I'm a little bit slower to reply on my email than I am with DM. So that's definitely the best easiest, fastest way to get in touch with me, especially if you happen to reach out to me while I'm on maternity leave, as I will not be very active in my inbox while I am out with the baby. 
Okay, so let's start with five ways your expectations might actually be too high. And the truth is, is I didn't even want to include this part of the show. And I just wanted to talk about how your expectations are definitely not too high in many ways. But I I did actually think it was important to talk about how they might actually be too high because I actually think it does run rampant with the patriarchy because I think that sometimes our beliefs around relationships come from untrue and maybe even mythical sources such as rom-coms, such as the media, such as fairy tales and all of those things. And as much as we like to believe that we don't let those things influence our day-to-day thinking and the things that we believe, that's just not really the truth. Like we do have those things influence us whether we like it or not, definitely on the subconscious and unconscious level. So the first way your expectations might be too high in a relationship is that you believe that your partner should know what you want without even asking or telling them. And I think this is super, super common. And I think this comes a lot from rom-coms and the grand romantic gestures that the men always do for their women that just really wins them over. And the truth is, is that to have a really healthy, happy, fulfilling, loving relationship, you need just to have good old fashioned, really good communication. So a few years ago, I was running my popular date yourself challenge, which I run every Valentine's Day. And one of the women posted in the group, and she was so upset because this guy that she had been dating for about a month and a half or so thought that, yeah, we've been dating for about six weeks, like time to have sex, right? And she was just so offended and just got really, really upset by this guy who wanted to have sex with her and what she thought was too soon. And the truth is, is there's no right or wrong as to when you want to have sex with your potential partner, you just have to be able to communicate that. If he wants to have sex earlier on in the relationship, that's fine, but he needs to make that known. And if she wants to wait until the relationship is more established or quote unquote official, that's also totally fine. But that needs to be communicated because it's impossible and also unfair to assume that your partner should just know. And this really goes for any kind of expectation or boundary you might have in a relationship and really at any stage and how the relationship progresses. If you want to hear from him every morning with good morning texts, if you want to check in briefly every evening before you go to bed, if you want to have plans made in advance, if you want to be able to hang out at least one night on the weekend, if you don't want to hang out during the week because it's just too stressful with work and getting a good night's sleep and getting all the other things that you need to get done, if you need to hear how he feels, if you need to hear what the status of your relationship is, are you official? Are you seeing other people? None of those things are too much, but you can assume that they should just know that and you should be on the same page without having a really honest, open dialogue about it. I actually believe that in your relationship, if a six-year-old couldn't understand your needs and your communication, then you're not being clear enough. All right. So a second way that your expectations might be too high is you aren't okay with any degree of arguments or fights. 
Now, I've talked about this a little bit on the show before, but having arguments and fights is a totally normal and natural part of a relationship. Now, it's not the dominant part of a relationship, which we'll talk about a little bit later on in this episode, but they certainly are a normal and I think healthy part of a relationship. You know, if I have a client and they've been with someone for six months or even a year and like, we never fight. I'm like, hmm, that's actually kind of a red flag for me because I want to know, well, have you really been honest with how you feel or what you need in the relationship? Has the other person been really honest? Uh, Have they really shared what they need or want from you? And my guess is probably not because the truth is, is that having two people literally share their life together. And especially when you're living together, you're two humans who have needs. And sometimes those needs and desires and wants, sometimes they align really well, sometimes not so much. And sometimes it's a little sticky, but you can get on the right track. But usually that's going to involve some degree of arguing about it or fighting about it. You know, I've heard all sorts of numbers. And I've heard that 10%, 20% of the time, you know, is healthy to have some sort of healthy argument fighting, you know, robust dialogue, one might say. Now, I don't think that that has to include name calling and just being really, really cruel. But having some degree of arguments and fights, I think is actually really important because then you can get on the same page on things in a relationship that perhaps uh, you didn't know that you need to be on the same page for or didn't know you needed to discuss them. And so if your tendency is to run away or look for an excuse as to why your relationship wouldn't work and you're pointing to the arguments or the fights or whatever as the reason why, then I think that your expectations might be too high. And I think this really plays into some of the patriarchy because, again, part of the patriarchy is, you know, especially the white male knows best and they're going to do what they're going to do. And that's the hierarchy of things. And women are supposed to be quiet and spoken, spoken to. And this feels really archaic and old. And I think a lot of the ways that this dynamic and relationships in our society certainly has changed over the last hundred years. But I do think that it still shows up and it definitely is prevalent in a relationship. So having an expectation that there shouldn't be any fights or any arguments or disagreements in a relationship, I think is really, really you know, not a fair expectation to set on yourself or the other person or the relationship. Or the third way your expectations might be too high in a relationship is that your partner feels like nothing they can do will make you happy or feel like they're on eggshells. And to be totally honest, I really hesitated to put this point in this list because this particular area of a relationship can be rampant with gaslighting and your partner can use this against you in a very toxic, unhealthy, emotionally abusive way. But I have seen many times among my clients where their own stuff, right, their own inner child wounding is getting in the way of their relationship and that creates just a disconnect between themselves and their partner. And when you have some inner child wounding, ultimately, you're the only one who can heal that wound, who can fill that void. And this should not be new information to you if you've listened to this podcast for a while. And so, you know, it's this tricky balance, right? Because obviously, you don't want someone who is gaslighting you or being emotionally abusive or manipulative or controlling. And that's not (laughs) ever the goal or any situation that I would ever wish upon any woman ever. 
However, I do think sometimes, especially when we're unaware of our voids and our inner child wounding and our core wounds, that sometimes we have a hard time distinguishing the difference between, okay, what is actually my stuff that I need to work on that only I can do? And then what are some things within the relationship that need to be worked on together as a unit, as a couple? And those are two different conversations. And honestly, that in itself could be a whole other podcast episode. And who knows, maybe I will do a podcast episode. In fact, I do think I think I did a coaching episode on this topic, gosh, probably back in March and April. I'll see if I can find that episode and put it in the show notes for you. But basically, it was someone, it was a woman who was getting really triggered in the relationship that she was in. And the question is, or question was that she had, am I being triggered? Or is this something that's going on in the relationship that needs to be addressed? And sometimes it's one or the other. Sometimes the answer is both. But I think that if you're not really taking responsibility for your own triggers, your own core wounds and dealing with that, then I think your expectations are going to be too high because the truth is no one can fill that void for you. No one can make you feel that love that you really want to feel that that void has left. All right. Okay. The fourth way that your expectations might be too high is that you might have too many deal breakers. Okay. Now, if you are really old school with me and you've been around since like Date Yourself Radio, which was the former name of this podcast, then you might remember that I talked a lot about getting rid of the perfect man list. I don't really use that terminology anymore. I try to be more gender neutral these days. However, it goes without saying that a lot of times we have either a list in our head or literally a list in our computer or phone or somewhere else of all the deal breakers and the things that we want in our ideal partner. And again, I'm going to give you an exercise to do at the end of this episode that I think will very much replace the perfect man list or you know, something like that. And I think it's a little bit healthier and also more effective in determining whether or not a relationship could be right for you. And this is something that I actually learned from Amy Smith. She was on the podcast, gosh, a while ago, a long time ago, probably, but we can find her episode. And it's basically just about how to set boundaries and how to, what is it? I think her whole thing is like how to set boundaries without being a dick or something like that. Like she's, you know, it's very crass. It's very funny. Anyway, so she has this idea called the soulmate factory. And basically the idea is if they had everything else but this one thing, would that be okay? Because a lot of times the things that we reject people on are actually very arbitrary. Now that's not to say all the things that are a deal breaker that you might have in your head is arbitrary. Some things are gonna be really important to making a relationship work in the long run, but some things are just gonna be very arbitrary. And sometimes it's actually really hard to distinguish what might be arbitrary and what might not be. For example, even religion and politics, which feels like, yeah, that would definitely be a deal breaker. And in a lot of cases, it could be a deal breaker, but not always, right? It's not necessarily so black and white. Just because someone might be a little bit more moderate or conservative than you are, doesn't necessarily mean that that relationship wouldn't work out. Now, given the climate, I can see how if someone was a Trump supporter, you would be like, eh, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, And I totally understand that. And I would be in the same place if I were actively dating right now. But Stevie was way more moderate than me, more so when we first started dating, but definitely more moderate than me and our political views. But it totally worked because underneath the varying beliefs that we had, we had underlying similar values and that's what allowed it to work. But if I was just like, oh, well, we don't believe the same thing. So, you know, that's off. Then, well, I would have had a huge missed opportunity in the relationship that we have today. Another example, and it's kind of a silly example, but it kind of shows my point is when I was online dating, 
I came across this profile, and I've shared this story before, so maybe you've heard it. But I saw this profile on OkCupid, and this guy was just like, you know, quote unquote, checked all the boxes, right? And I was really excited to message him. I really wanted to go on a date with him. It just seemed really, really perfect. So many things seemed to align. And then I got towards the bottom of his profile and he mentioned something about Duke basketball. And for those of you who don't know, I am from North Carolina. I went to UNC Chapel Hill. So I'm a huge Tar Heels fan, especially Tar Heels basketball. And when I saw that Duke thing, I was like, Ugh, Duke, gross. And I just never messaged him and, you know, just went on my merry way and started looking dating and looking at other profiles. And look, it all worked out. But the truth is, is that was it a missed opportunity? Who was this person? Was this a reasonable way to cut somebody out of potentially dating me? And I would say, yeah, no, it's kind of silly. So I think that if you go through a list sometimes when you're dating someone, you're like, yeah, he's really great, but da 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 Like, is that da 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 Is that really, really a deal breaker? Or is it something that you're really attached to from the ego perspective? Or it's something that you think you want or something that you really haven't considered long and hard to know if it actually is going to make an impact on the longevity and the quality of the relationship that you could have with this person. Hey there, I wanted to jump in here real quick to let you know about a brand new free workshop I've created. It's called the five step strategy to banish anxiety and overwhelm in your love life. So you can attract a fulfilling partnership and live a life of purpose. In the workshop, I break down exactly why you're in the dating pattern you're in, the number one reason why successful women specifically struggle in love, and of course, what to do about it, and how to take the confidence you feel in the rest of your life and apply it to your dating life. And of course, so much more. If you like my style, my philosophy, and how I coach women on the show, you're going to love this workshop. I teach you the why and how behind a lot of what I do while even digging a bit into the science of love so you can begin to see real change in your own love life. It's really all of my best work in one place, and you can access the free workshop right now. You don't have to spend years in therapy or read every damn book in the self-help aisle to dramatically transform your love life. If you feel like you have it all but love, this is 100% for you. So grab your free seat at veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop. And now back to the show. And finally, the last way your expectations might be too high is that you believe in fairy tale love and unconditional love when it comes to romantic relationships. And look, I don't want to poo-poo on love and make you think that, oh, well, love just feels kind of boring and blah, 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 because I think love can feel really amazing. And I think that it's, you know, one of the best things in the world, which is why I do the work that I do. But I think that the fairy tale love really encapsulates this idea of like the honeymoon phase and that relationships always feel like the honeymoon phase and don't leave room for quote unquote real life and just dealing with like, hey, we got to figure out the bills. We got to figure out who's paying what. We need to work through this disagreement that we have. And the unconditional love piece I think is really important because a lot of times, especially when we have a lot of core wounding that comes from our parents, we yearn for unconditional love, right? Because we didn't get that from our parents. We felt like, oh, well, if I make really good grades, or if I behave, then I get validation or approval or attention from mom or dad. And that gives me that little glimmer of love, but that love doesn't feel unconditional. It feels conditional. And so that creates a really big wound, a really big void. And so you grow up and you want to fill that void and you want unconditional love to fill that void. And so you might go look for that in a relationship relationship 
and you just want that unconditional love. Except that I don't think unconditional love, and I've talked about this recently on the podcast, I don't think unconditional love belongs in a romantic relationship. Because if someone's treating you like crap, or if you're the one treating someone like crap, honestly, like, it's time to end the relationship. And I don't think love trumps all in that kind of scenario. I think this is also especially common if your parents had a really good relationship, especially when you were younger, even now. And you compare your childhood perspective of your parents' relationship to what you think relationships and love should look like and feel like as an adult. If any of you ever watched Insecure on HBO, it's one of my favorite, favorite shows on dating and relationships. And if you're back in quarantine mode, highly recommend watching it um, if you need something really good to binge. Anyways, I'm not going to give anything away, but there is one or maybe a couple episodes in the show where one of the main characters finds out that her beloved parents, who she thought had the most beautiful marriage, there was actually an affair in their relationship at some point. And she finds that out. And it just really, really messes her up in terms of how she views her parents, but also in how she views relationships in her own life, and what, you know, is expected, or what shouldn't be expected, and all of those things. Because the truth is, is that even if your parents genuinely do have a beautiful marriage and a beautiful relationship, and there's love, and it's healthy, and it's deep, and it's all those things, that can be true. And it probably is true. And there definitely is some arguing or there definitely is some less than pretty parts of the relationship. And there probably were some parts of the relationship or times in the relationship where it felt a little bit rocky, whether it was raising young kids or maybe there were some financial things going on or a health scare that created just a little bit of rockiness in the relationship. And this is not like mitigate the fact that it's a really beautiful, loving relationship. But if you only focus on the good parts of the relationship or what you perceive to be the good parts of the relationship and pretend like the rest of the relationship doesn't exist, then A, you've put your parents on a pedestal and B, you're totally skewed as to what a real and deep love looks like. And a deep love is beautiful, just like your parents' relationship. But it's by no means perfect because they're humans and no relationship is perfect. All right. So those are the five ways your expectations might be too high in relationships. And now I want to get to five ways your expectations are definitely not too high. And I think that when I go through these five points, you'll definitely be able to see how the patriarchy runs rampant in your personal life. And I hope that you can remove some of this internalized patriarchy because it'll make your experience and relationships and love so much easier, but also just so much better. Like you'll just feel better and you'll be much clearer on who and what is right or not right for you. So one way that your expectation is definitely not too high is expecting consistent communication and spending time together. So this gets into boundaries and what your needs are in a relationship and what you would like from the other person. And I have coached so many women who think, well, maybe my expectations are just too high. And the truth is, is that if you are communicating what you need or what you want in the relationship, and they're kind of throwing back, oh, you want too much of me, or you're smothering me, or whatever, then that person is just simply not ready for the relationship that you want. And that's the case. It's not the case that your expectations are too high. You know, if you are wanting to get into a serious relationship that leads to marriage or cohabitating or kids, you know, having 
a quick chat every evening or consistently hanging out one to two times a week, that's not too much because that's a lot less time than the other things that you ultimately want in your life. And if they're not able to fulfill that, then they're definitely not going to be able to fulfill your later goals. So if someone is giving you a lot of pushback when you are clearly asking for what you want or what you need and how those things will make you feel. And in any way, they are downgrading that, playing it off, calling you nagging, calling you smothering, saying it's too much, they're too busy, they have too much going on, they're still working on themselves, or they have commitment issues, but they want to keep trying, like whatever the bullshit is, like, no, (laughs) absolutely not. Just take the information at face value and say, okay, no matter what he is saying, what he's really saying is that he doesn't have the time, you know, to communicate and spend as much time as I would like together. And therefore, this relationship's not going to work. And you can move on. And hopefully that feels a lot better than being kind of on the fence or the teeter totter, which can be a really painful place to be in a relationship. The next way that your expectations are definitely not too high in a relationship is that your partner doesn't take any responsibility for growing the relationship or working through issues. Now, this is definitely where gaslighting can be really, really rampant and other forms of emotional abuse. And again, this is probably a whole other podcast episode because these situations can be really, really challenging to identify, especially when you're in them, because there's some reason that you're in them, right? Because there once was a love or they're filling that void for you and it feels really, really, really good or it's scary to leave the partner or there might be some sort of financial piece playing out where you're living together and you don't have a place to go or you'd have to figure that out. So this is a quite a complicated point that again, it could be this whole podcast episode on its own. But I just want you to be really, really clear and aware of that if your partner isn't taking any responsibility for growing the relationship. And what I mean by that is, hey, babe, what's your love language? And then them acting upon it or taking time to plan trips and vacations. And I know that might not be exactly what it used to be right now with coronavirus, um, but even just planning like little picnics or date nights or whatever. Or when something does come up and they just put it all on you and say, well, you know, that's your own stuff. That's your own way you're being triggered. You need to work on that. And then sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, like maybe something is wrong with me. So maybe I do need to work on this. And sure, maybe that's true, right? Maybe the partner really is seeing something and there really is a trigger that is coming up in the relationship. But let's be honest, this is not a one-way street. It takes two to tango, right? And you might have issues that you need to work through that's affecting the relationship, but so do they. Because you know why? They're freaking human too. And so if your partner is taking no responsibility and is gaslighting you on that, I know it can be really hard in the moment to see that because again, that's just, it's a lot to be emotionally abused. And that's part of what abuse is, it's manipulation. But I really just hope that you can write this down somewhere and remember that if they're not taking any responsibility for growing the relationship or working through issues, your expectations are not too high, you are not too much, and it's okay to leave that relationship. The third way that your expectations are definitely not too high in a relationship is this idea that love is supposed to be hard. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in the conclusion to this episode, but I just want to talk about this one scene that I'm sure I've talked about before on the podcast because everyone knows that I have a guilty pleasure obsession with The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise and the whole franchise. And gosh, was it last year's Bachelor in Paradise 
I think it was Chris and Katie were dating and you could tell, I mean, obviously there's editing, of course, but you could just tell from what we saw on the show that that relationship was just toxic and enmeshed and very codependent from the beginning. It was not starting off on a healthy foot. And then, of course, there's the after the final rose, and they're all in the studio, and they're talking about how hard the relationship is. And sometimes we just let that be the reality, like, oh, relationships are hard, and so you just settle for the relationship, even though it got off to a rocky start, or you don't feel so great, or you look at other people, and you're like, uh, I don't know, why does my relationship look or feel like that? And here's the thing. Look, I've already talked about how it's more than healthy and I think a good thing to have some degree of arguing and fighting within a relationship because that means people in the relationship are expressing their needs, wants, desires, all of those things. But if you would characterize your relationship as hard and you kind of just fall back on the excuse as well, love is hard and it just feels hard more times than it doesn't. Or that's the excuse that you keep telling yourself or your friend or your family as to why you're still in the relationship. Then I really think you need to take a long, hard look at A, why you're in the relationship. B, what would it take to make it better? C, is that possible? And D, should you actually leave the relationship? Look, there are definitely better and worse times in a relationship. It is totally common for there to be ups and downs right? That's all normal. And again, fighting and arguing is normal to a degree in a relationship as well. But if you would just characterize your relationship as love is hard, then I really, really want you to look at your expectations of a relationship and maybe have a little bit of higher standards for yourself because you deserve more and you deserve better. The next way that your expectations are definitely not too high in the relationship is that you don't feel excited. You don't feel that love or that passion. And I've talked about this a lot on the show. If you feel like that intoxicated, gotta have you almost like addictive quality of this person, especially when you just met them, you don't really know them that well. There's a really, really good chance that that is the beginning of a beautiful codependency or a beautiful enmeshment and not really the kind of deep love that I think you're looking for. So sometimes then my clients will swing all the way to the other side of the pendulum and they're just not feeling excited by the relationship at all. They're like, yeah, it's fine. It's good. It feels stable. It feels comfortable. I feel safe. You know, it feels like the safe bed, right? They're probably not going to break your heart. If it were to end for some reason, you probably wouldn't be that upset about it. All of those things, right? Especially when you feel this in the honeymoon phase, like when you're first getting going, when you're first getting to know the person and first dating. And I think that the truth is, is that the deep love exists somewhere in the middle. It's not that intoxicating, gotta have you addictive feeling, but it's not also that meh, feeling either. It's in the middle and it can take some time to land in the middle and to find that sweet spot. You know, if you've been on one end of the pendulum for a long time, you might swing all the way to the other side, but then think about a pendulum. It's going to swing back a little to the other side, but not as far and then back to the other side, but not as far. And then eventually it'll land in the center. And I think that your experience in love can look very similar because part of Your process is learning what a deep love and what a real love and what a healthy love feels like. And that's not always as straightforward as 
we think it is because we just compare then relationships to that intoxicating thing, you know, that you might have been experiencing for however many years or decades before. So it definitely takes some time to land in the center of that pendulum. But I just want you to know that if you just don't feel excited at all, I do typically encourage my clients to go on three dates with someone as long as there's no glaring red flags or glaring you know, feeling of repulsion. Obviously, if you're like, oh, I can't imagine that guy kissing me or that person kissing me, then obviously, you know, don't torture yourself, don't waste your time. But if it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know, like the guy seems kind of interesting. Maybe it could be, maybe not. I always say, well, go on three dates because sometimes the first date, you know, you're just working out the kinks. The second date, you're a little bit nervous. And by the third date, you can really begin to be more of yourself and see if there really is a connection and chemistry there. But again, if you're just not feeling excited, then you don't have to, you know, pretend like your expectations were too high before and that you should swing the other way and lower them all the way. All right. Okay. The last way your expectations are definitely not too high in a relationship is believing that it's wrong or mean or not conducive for a relationship to have boundaries or to say no. If you grew up in a home with little to no boundaries, you know, if your mother, for example, would just put all of her stuff on you, all of her emotional stuff, or kind of treated you like the stand-in spouse, if your father wasn't around, for example, then there's a really good chance that you have a subconscious belief that no boundaries equals closeness. And then when you listen to people like me, you might learn more about boundaries and you're like, oh, I don't have any boundaries. Maybe I should have some boundaries. And then you think it's wrong or mean or it doesn't allow for closeness or vulnerability to happen because you're just not used to it, then I think that can, you know, it's just a learning curve, right? It can just create some challenges in the relationship, but it's not wrong or mean or not nice or anything like that to have boundaries in a relationship. I think boundaries are sexy. I think boundaries actually create a recipe for a really beautiful relationship because you're not walking on eggshells and you're not stepping on each other's toes. You're like, oh, I can take up all of this space within these boundaries. I can do whatever I want that feels good for me. I can really be in the moment. And I think that is a really beautiful blend of feminine masculine energy that I talk about sometimes on the show. And I just think that it creates a healthy relationship. So having boundaries is a good thing. And so if there are no boundaries in the relationship, either your partner doesn't have boundaries on you or you don't have boundaries on them, then I want you to raise those expectations a little bit, set some boundaries. And either you're going to get the information that you need that this person is not emotionally capable of the relationship that you want, or you're going to set some boundaries and it's going to set you up on a really, really nice path for a really awesome relationship. Okay, so I want to wrap this episode up with sharing two things. One, in general, I would try to avoid listening to your friends, the well-meaning advice that you should tone it down, you intimidate the other people, or that your relationships are supposed to be hard as an excuse to why it's really not working or that your expectations are too high. Because the truth is, is that your friends may not be happy with their own dating lives, their own relationships or previous relationships that they were in, and they are projecting that disappointment onto you. I believe deep love absolutely exists. There are partners out there who are available yet sensitive and exhibit a form of healthy masculine and feminine energy. 
And their experience, meaning your friend's experiences and love may have been disappointing, but in no way does that mean it has to be your experience too. Remember, you are the one listening to this podcast. You are the one doing the deep work so that you can be available for the deep love you really want. And that alone sets you worlds apart from a bitter or jaded friend or family member. And I get that at times, or maybe even right now, you feel a bit bitter or jaded. But guess what? You're here. You're listening to this podcast. And hopefully you've taken my free workshop, Five Steps Ending Overwhelm and Anxiety and Love. Maybe you're in my course, Crappy to Happy, working on your core wounds and doing your inner child work. Or maybe you've considered enrolling, which I hope you have. Or maybe we've worked together privately or in the Love Incubator. All of this is evidence that you are doing the deep work. And that means no matter where you are in your healing journey, you really will be in a different reality than theirs. And in what ways? I don't know, right? The ways are infinite and everyone's unique, but you are going to experience something different just by the sheer fact that you are doing something different. So while you may not be able to trust your confidence that you can attract a deep love, I want you to trust your devotion to approaching love differently. And finally, here is the filter slash compass I want you to use as you are going out in the dating world. And I used to teach this a lot more in the beginning of my business, and I don't do it as much, but I still think it's actually a really good exercise. I want you to feel how it feel like to be in your ideal relationship. Don't worry about imagining who the other person is, what they look like, who they are, any of that kind of stuff. I just want you to imagine how it would feel for you. Where do you feel that in your body? Do you feel an openness? Do you feel warmth? Do you feel lightness? Do you feel a flutter of excitement? Like, where do you feel that in your body? How does it feel? And I want you to really sit with how it feels. And then when you're going on a date or when you're messaging with someone, I want you to notice how you feel. Are they able to make you feel the way you want to feel, this way that you've felt before in your body? Or are they making you feel small? Are they making you feel dumb? Are they making you feel wrong? Are they making you feel something that feels like the opposite or at least not what you want to feel in your ideal relationship? And if they're making you feel those things, like the bad things, then I think it's time to either A, have a conversation or B, in the interaction, in the relationship. And I think that's a much healthier way to understand, okay, are my expectations too high or too little? Or does this person meet up to what I think I want or my perfect man list or my soulmate factory or whatever? Because those are all decisions you make in your head. And it can be really, really hard to, you could go back and forth. You could ping pong all day long about expectations too high, too little, good or bad, right or wrong for me. But if you go by how you feel, that's coming from your body. That's coming from an intuitive place. And that place is never wrong. And so I think if that becomes your filter slash compass, I think you're going to have a much better experience dating. I think you're going to waste a lot less time. And I think you'll be able to make decisions faster and easier. All right, my dear, I hope you love this episode. I really had a good time putting it together for you. I would love to know what you think about it. Come over to Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant. And if this episode has helped you, I would be so grateful if you shared it. You can share it on Instagram. Make sure you tag me so I can show you some love. Um, You can also just feel free to text your friends, email your friends, let them know that this podcast exists if you think that'll help them in their love life. Thank you so much for helping me to grow the show and to support the show. I really appreciate it and I will see you next week with a brand new coaching episode. Until then. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, 
please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.